I I guess you're the only one. All right. All right. Um, I haven't done this in a long time. I'm probably exaggerating, but I just everything going on. I just had to take some time off, man. But I am back here with Darnell and Jared. Jared and Darn. Why are you just putting our government? Like I'm that, sorry. Dude? <laughs> I was gonna say, like, okay, we're going full full names on this. Y'all, I mean, y'all can introduce yourselves, man. It's okay. They can't spell it. <laughs> Darnell, Darnell, what's up? Uh, it's it's up. It's happening. It's happening. Jared, how you feel? I'm feeling. I'm feeling okay. You know, feel feeling good. Real Central Time Zone type beat. Feel lonely. Right. <laughs> hey man, this is my first time recording in Discord ever since I started this thing, podcasting. Like it's been the pandemic, so I have yet to actually record like person to person. So everything's been over the internet. So any technical difficulties, uh anything that might pop up, any white noise, whatever, man, we're just gonna label it as authenticity. You know, yeah, we, we we can just put some wacky uh, like cowboy um, Johnny Test whip whip effects over our last. This <laughs> is a lo-fi podcast. This is a lo-fi <laughs> Man, all right. So there's like a there's like hundred hour compilation of that. <laughs> I can believe it. Like there's always a ten hour compilation of anything that fucking exists. Okay, my my first question is how do y'all pronounce a couple words okay um because i because i've been i've been it's been brought to my attention that i say some some words in a very southern way how do you guys say birthday 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 i, say, I mean I, well, apparently i the way i say it off cuff is birthday birth, birth with, f? with f and now see that's not how i would pronounce it like that's not how i would write it out but like birthday that's just Happy the birthday. accent it comes out i yeah. guess you, i guess I guess it comes out like that, yeah. Yeah, that's just the quickly. I, I, we have, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, pecan. 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 Okay, correct. <laughs> any, yeah, any, other, any, any other way cool say, dude, in Boston, man, they said pecan. It fucking mm. pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, like, it just a red, <laughs> red-blooded southern anger fills your veins. <laughs> I knew a girl that purposely say pecan just Ugh. to really tick me off. Okay, um, caramel. 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 Okay. I'll do, I'll do you, caramel. You you do caramel? Yeah. No, I do not. I think. No, 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 you, no. Oh, you do? Josh, Josh does caramel. Hell yeah. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Do you think that's like more of a regional thing? Because I mean, I think that's a me thing. I, I I think I've heard it before, but I don't hear a lot of people saying caramel. Mm-hmm. Like caramel, caramel, eh. tomato. Well, it's literally well, tomato. I mean, it's it's definitely like a regional thing when it comes to pecan because you know. Here in the South, we got got pecan pie. We got like praline pecans. We got all types. We have of, the know, tree. Like, we have like we grow it here. I think we. I think we have jurisdiction. Yeah, no, like it's square dancing. I get, I, I get them falling in my yard. Barbecue. My neighborhood. <laughs> Ten gallon hats. You know, people from Oklahoma think they have better barbecue than us. That's insane. Um, I know. Uh, <laughs> that is insane. I mean, I don't even have to try it to know they're wrong. <laughs> like I mean, the only place I can I could say holds a candle to us is Kansas. Like we got like e- even if you want to compare like just strains of barbecue, 
Texas on its own has so many different types of barbecue, and Houston just flat out like obliterates the competition because we just have every type of we got like southern we got country barbecue we have like you know um african-american black people barbecue we got all kinds of like cultural and like regional spins on it especially if you come to like you know livestock show and rodeo here you get you can try barbecue all over the state and it's know how many cows we have on the side of the road i thought you were gonna say this planet i was gonna say like uh actually cows don't number Cows outnumber humans, by the way. It's like yeah, 11. most. I'd say most animals do. It's like eleven billion cows or something. Hey, <laughs> Let's man, be not real. If we can, not if we, we can wouldn't help stand it. a chance. We would not. If once the cows figure this out, this opposable thumb type thing, it's over. It's over. They don't. <laughs> yeah, they can't win. They they can't. Oh, we just all we got to do is like lock a door. It's over. Put the um walk them up some stairs because that's like the old joke that uh, cows can't walk downstairs. So it's like the the Never premium. Joke. No, it's, it's like the premium senior prank is to like walk a cow up some stairs and it can't walk downstairs. What the and hell? To... You've got a cow lying around to, to walk no, upstairs I mean, at your this school? This is Texas. This is Texas. And do you want to point out that I no bullshit. I like cows. Like I love cows. People cows think do I love. I do love cows. I love looking cows, at cows. Yeah, they I actually are very social. Yeah, no cows. I mean, okay. I know pigs are like super intelligent, but I just can't get around like you know on the pig train. Um, me personally, but <laughs> but like when What's it comes with the pig, I I'm not a I'm not a pig guy. I'm, I'm I like you know goats, cows, sheep. Those are like top three farm animals. So okay, so you tell me you look at a goat and go, yo, you cool. You get a pig and go, nah. Yeah. They got those. They got these, uh, goats are cute. I Did mean, you? You didn't cry in Charlotte's Web. No. Why? The, the pig didn't die. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the spider died. It was still an emotional. Uh, regardless. An emotional story. Irregardless, that has nothing to do with pigs, really. <laughs> Irrelevant. Pig was. It has something to do with pigs, man. The main <laughs> character was a pig. What are you talking about? So if the pig cry, I cry. Is that it? <laughs> no, it was an emotional story involving a pig, and I, pigs are cool. They're not my favorite either, but I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess you, like by virtue of intelligence, they're you know they're, they're pretty cool. And that, that you wash them, I mean, they got worms, but I mean, you I mean, know, all, all animals, all animals, yeah, we got worms. worms. We deworm our animals. That's how picky my, we are. My dad, my my dog had uh, worm, heartworms and uh, tapeworms from the shelter when I got him. It took like a couple months of treatment for him to get rid of him. Okay, Copper's a survivor. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's asleep. He's asleep now. Wait, in his, in his man chair. I, like today, like this, the, my gaming room. This is his room, pretty much. This is he? That's he, his chair. This is his couch that he he sits on. Like he he stares at the windows at the backyard. He's got his cage in here. His his toys and treats stuff. Like this, this is his room, pretty much. This is my room. Are you the? Uh, do you own him, or does he own you? This is the dog's room. <laughs> Darnell Jeez. jumps when he wants me to. <laughs> I mean, he he does a very good job of making me feed and take him out whenever. Obviously. Take that how you will. A kangaroo did uh, a kangaroo and a pig were in like some sort of uh, weird little relationship in Australia. But what do you mean weird? The kangaroo was like humping the pig, and the pig she was like letting it happen, and the kangaroo would like not let anybody separate them, and uh, 
it was really weird. Both of those animals were like in uh, like a captivity type of situation. So they were just like, yeah, it's pretty weird, but you know, it's, it's something that you know it wouldn't usually happen in uh, nature because you know pigs and kangaroo aren't like in the same area. But I just remembered that I remember reading that, and I was like, they had a whole picture, and the kangaroo was just like, the kangaroo is just—it looks like it's really muscular, like it's it's muscle, like it could beat the shit out of a, it could kill yeah. a human. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. Is, it's just gripping this pig with this blank. The you know they have claws too, right? They have long claws. Long like toenails, like on their feet. Like they don't and just hands. kick. Their no, like on their hands too. They can claw you with their their hands. Like part of part of their like attack strategy is like grappling and like clawing and then kicking while you're grappled. Oh yeah, kang- kangaroos and horses are both like mostly just muscle, like. Just leg. <laughs> that's that's a lot of animals. Yeah, I mean, but but I but I, I think what he's saying, in like in terms of danger factor, you don't want to be behind a horse or a kangaroo. Yeah, like if you live after being attacked by a horse, you'll probably just be like paralyzed. And at that <laughs> point, do you really want to live? You know, isn't that what happened to the one of the Supermans? He like got kicked by a horse. Uh, and fell uh, off. Yeah, Christopher, Reeve. Christopher Reeve was riding a horse and he fell off and he, he his spine uh, broke. Yeah, that's tragic. Couldn't walk. Dude, is he like, still alive? Wheel no, myself. No, he's been dead. Oh, okay, I was about to say that was like what 40, 50 years ago. Bro, I'd wheel myself off a balcony. Because that, that was like the original yeah. Superman. Wow. Well, I guess that goes into the question, um, like uh, on the same terms of blind versus deaf. Like, w- w- which would you rather? Would you rather be paralyzed or like? Man, not? I don't want to live if I'm paralyzed. Like the, I, al- the alternative. What's the alternative? Yeah, I'm asking. Is there an alternative, like well, to I, being I guess paralyzed? Maybe, I guess maybe upper body versus lower body paralyzation. I don't Wait, think it's a thing. Go as, so, hold on. So the way paralyzation works is that it disconnects your brain, at least physically. It disconnects your brain from a certain part in your body. So if you disconnect it from the bottom, it's from your brain to your legs. But the higher up it goes, you lose legs, and then it goes to your arms. I'm not sure there's a way you can be paralyzed from. The, just the legs because there, there's there's no connection between your brain to the legs that doesn't go through your arms mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah I okay well I, well I guess then I'll, I'll just go back to the original question like blind versus deaf it's hard. blind hey jared blind huh? like, oh my god okay <laughs> all right thank you um inside joke and okay uh I guess it, it's usually people just jump to death because yeah. eyes are just so much harder to live with, live without. Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I can see that. So, like, like if in my day to day life, if I were to lose my eyes, I probably couldn't do a lot of things to do right now. I mean, like that's like video games off the table, yeah, right. And that's like most work I really can't do. Um, most media, was, in fact, most media, yeah. But I, I have music. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's like I'm the, I I I feel like the opposite. Like I'd look at that specifically in terms of art and media. Like, what am I still able to participate in? Yeah, I mean, like our whole world is designed around our eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I lost my ears, I wouldn't be able to hear music again. And I think that I I think I'd miss it. And it 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 definitely has me consider it. But I think the answer for me is still I'd rather go. 
deaf than blind because yeah. I just really can't risk. I, 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 I really can't live without seeing. It just yeah. is too hard. Because you still have the option, for, you know, language and communication, obviously, sign language if you're deaf. But when, when you're blind, there's no really, you know, there's not a lot of option for communication, especially because a lot of blind people also are um, deaf, I think, right? Like, which is part of, like, the, um, the, the, the nervous bundle in your, in your head where those kind of, like, you lose several senses at once or something like that. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, but I know are... when I, at my, at my middle school, it was, like, um, T.H. Rogers, uh, it was a kind of a, a half um, physically and mentally impaired uh, population at the school. Like, they were one of the big HISD, like, um, programs for that. So, like, a mm. good deal of the student body was, like, deaf, um, mute, or blind, or uh, just mentally impaired. So, like, you, you kind of, like, would have to be able to also communicate with those students, you know, because they were also in your grade and in your classes. And you kind of get a, get get away with, like, rudimentary sign language or ASL, just here and there, or just, you know, other types of, like, non-communication, obviously. But it definitely, I guess it definitely is interesting, like, um, just the, uh, like, interacting with those groups of people for, like, from, like, a day-to-day perspective. Well. Yeah, shit. I knew this would happen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> did, did it, was it me that cut out? No, no, no. You know, you didn't cut out. Did you? Oh, okay. No. On my end, I just, like, you were just, like, coming in and out like that. Like, but we're on Discord. Oh, my so side sounded fine. So, yeah, maybe it's just the um, input that you get sometimes. Because if, if, like, say that, you know, also Craig is listening, he'd be able to hear me fine. But maybe it would just be that you have the problem. All right, well, hopefully Craig is all of us. Shout out Craig. Craig. I don't Shut know who. Uh, <laughs> actually, I don't want to say that because it, it was probably on the web page who who made it this spot. But whoever made this spot, I mean, shouts out to y'all. I, I, you know, Craig is like really helpful. Some hardworking programmers just so, putting out stuff for free. I. Yeah, shout shouts out to those people. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to the people that um. You know, could sell things that we use but they put it out for free those people are the best you know yeah it's like the argument is like for capitalism it's like well without um capital or, or like monetary influence no one would ever do anything in society <laughs> and you just have plenty of people that just do things for free out of the, just the goodness because they're skilled and because they just want to they know other people could use those resources and they yeah. like they don't get any of the thanks in the world something they just do it anyway. They can. Yeah. And I was younger. I was always like, man, you know, if money didn't exist, we could all just do whatever we want. We could just build things, uh, make things for other people just to do it, you know, just for a fucking better tomorrow. <laughs> but I'll scratch think, your back. Money. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think the older I got, um, I just... I realize how radical that sounds. So, mm-hmm. how, how radical the idea is that you don't have to like work to live in this world. Life isn't like, just working. Yeah, 
hey everybody no more money like it's like because that, that's another like comp- like thing i've come to the conclusion i've come to recently it's like um there's there's life without work but also without laziness or life without laziness it's like you can they don't have to be mutually exclusive. you know just because you don't work lazy because you know you, yeah. you want to you know just enjoy life in the way you see fit it is your own life you don't have to follow the rules of other people who are telling you you have to do this to be fulfilled or contribute to society or whatever have you so it's like if you think about like star trek or whatever um that perfect utopian society where everything is just instantly created because you know energy is solved and people don't have to work in a day in their lives if they don't want to they can just follow personal interests and like art and creativity and imagination or exploration or whatever what have you it's kind of like that that's the end goal for, you know human civilization I don't think they exactly have money, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm the biggest Star Trek person. I, I've watched a few episodes of Star Trek, both the, the original uh, series I know, and like, the generation. Everything is replicated with the replicators. Really? Because I hear it's slow I, I as hell. The, I remember <laughs> the last it's, it's of that episode. It's just old. It just hasn't aged. Yeah. They're definitely different. I I prefer I like the next generation a little more because I feel like the the stories were a little deeper in next generation. Like they're a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. But the original the original series has this sort of like it was like it was like almost sort of new, like a sci fi setting like that. And it has this like we can just do whatever we want and it all and it all kind of works. Yeah. Like um the episode about like Trelane is an episode where they encounter this like all powerful deity kind of creature. And kind of tapping into the Twilight Zone type stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it just it just it just fucks with the crew, right? <laughs> and in the episode you find out it's like a child version of that species. And like they're like, you can't be messing around with people like that. You gotta come home. That's like Alien X. <laughs> yeah, sort of. It was like it was like that's just a cool idea. Yeah. That wasn't on TV. And you get this radical idea of like an interracial kiss mm-hmm. on TV. You know, very science fiction. Because well, if yeah. you think about like science fiction before Star Trek. It was like kind of, kind of your like John Carter of Mars, your your beefy, manly space hero who does everything I by himself. That, that was like a book. Yeah, and doesn't need help from anyone. But then you get like Star Trek, and you get the introduction of like a crew, a family, kind of like this social community, this ship all working together, kind of like you would in the real life Navy. So it, it was a little different from that sci-fi that was before. That was like. Serialized, serialized like newspaper magazine type stories were just about one badass hero who did everything on his own kind of like if Kirk were just Kirk and not the rest of the Enterprise <laughs> when um, how did how did you two meet because you guys like uh really just play off of each other like really well and i know we're all like friends and like i know i met y'all pretty i think i met y'all like in 2016 yeah actually yeah. i may have met jared in 2015 because like right piece. after graduation um yeah right there. fish camp it was like 20 was it? it was like 2013 i think yeah were we in the same fish camp group yeah we were i think yeah, that, was Miss Miss, that was miss Alvarez. yeah yeah I don't really remember because, like, so what I remember about Fish Camp was that like, I really remember the first day pretty well, like, at least the beginning, because that was like when I met a lot of my 
my friends. Um, I met Anthony on the bus. I met um, Micah shortly afterwards when we got to the table. Mm-hmm. I want to say, were you, did you come to visit us at that first table that first day? Most likely, just because I knew Micah since I like were literally like children. Um, so probably either then or like in the classroom setting in Almaraz. Because I, I, I don't remember sp- very specifically the very first time we met. But I do know, um, like, as we started getting to know each other, I just remember, like, one thing stands out to me. How you would just play the safety dance, like, every single day of fish camp. See, like, everyone says that, but, like, on what? I didn't have, I didn't have, like, a phone like You would like pull that. it up, like, I on have... my phone or, like, one of someone's phone. Dude, I was so, God, like, <laughs> it, like it's, safe just... to, it's, it's safe to say that most kids, when they first enter high school, there's, like, the idea of, oh, you can do whatever you want in high school. It's all new, right? It kind of hits you. And, like, I, everyone chooses, like, the fucking worst option for themselves. And I, I got to say, I'm, like, the person I was that freshman year of high school is not the person I was when I left high school. Great people. <laughs> it, yeah, it, hurt, it hurts to think I about mean, how I... Because that, that is the same thing. Hold on, I want to go into that, though. That's, like, the transitionary middle school era, you know, where you're still a kid, but you're expected to start socializing as maybe a teenager or an adult. But even, you know, you can call yourself a teenager because you're like 14 or 15 or whatever, but you're still like, you know, have that, you know, child attitude and you don't really get that till I want to say like, I don't know, sophomore, junior year, where you finally kind of become a young adult. So how was, uh, how was high school though for like, from freshman year to uh, graduation, like how was it for the both of y'all? I really enjoyed high school. Um, I think a lot of people when they go to high school and they hear that I went to like a very small one, they they think how like how bad that was. Like, oh man, it's just a small high school. Like, how'd you do anything? How'd you socialize? But I honestly felt like by the end of the four years, we had like we knew everyone in our grade basically, mm-hmm. and everyone knew us. And I want to say there wasn't. I don't want to say there wasn't any drama, but the drama we had. We kind of had to avoid because we're like a, we're like a family at that point. Well, yeah, it's like there's like a lot of pros and cons, like group size, because like when I when I tell people my high school was my graduating class was less than a hundred, they're like, what? <laughs> it's like ninety six. That I think that was our graduation. Yeah, it was ninety six. Yeah, so it's kind of like, do you? And then it kind of like you know, it slowly went up or down over the years, but it always stayed within like the mid low, very low hundreds, or like high nineties um like over those four years so it's like you get you meet like these people you're you're expected to know them and like who they are because you know you have to be able to socialize with them in class just you know mm-hmm. by virtue of meeting seeing these people every single day so you, you have to you know be able to the bare minimum of socialization for at least your age, age group your grade and it, again it's like pros and cons to that because there's like not a, there's people that you don't want to have to socialize with or you just really don't have any interest in socializing with but regardless, they're going to be in your social groups just yeah. by virtue of like that tight, close knit community. So it was like you know, people, people who you really wouldn't have like wanted to ever, you know, like been around. It's like that's just the nature of the game. Yeah. Although funny enough, me and Max never had a class together at Heist, and all the four years we never once had a class together. <laughs> and that, that was all just due to the, the groups you guys are. Just no, no, just scheduling. Like, like we well, control I mean, where your, your, your friendship grew out of like the social groups that you were part of. Yeah, yeah. Our, our friendship grew. Out, I guess it, our friendship really grew out of, um, like I, 
we were just so compatible. It was weird. It's like mm. seeing another version of you. Yeah. Like a parallel universe version of you. And that was Max. So That's exactly bam. what it is with a lot of people's like close friends. And like I can even see that with like all of us just having grown up in such shared similar experiences and even mm-hmm. local communities. Like I know Justin and Oba went to like the same elementary school and at a time I um almost met Oba like in our youth um through like a karate program that was in our community uh, and like baseball and stuff uh and, and you know just like all of us grew up in the same neighborhoods and areas so it was only like a matter of time before we all came together almost as if it was like fate you know and for us Ooh. to all like oh well, fate friends by fate not by choice <laughs> the red strings <laughs> connect us what did you say josh the bible school is united by fate <laughs> so yeah it's like it's just like kind of like the weird houston stew that all came together with all the right components in it you know and this has been behind the music <laughs> and like even like the fact that we met josh like it may have taken a little longer but even still he had interaction with people who were not just in our social group but that we knew from like school and stuff so it's like that those um what was that that three degrees of separation so like you can know everyone on earth by some relation that you know that or that you've had throughout your life obviously on a smaller scale but like in a city as big as houston not just in population but also in size it kind of is interesting like the the conditions that came together for that form yeah it's uh it's it's almost like it wasn't a coincidence. Mm. Ooh, spooky. Mm. But it's, like, like it's it's funny that it's Houston, like one of the biggest cities in the country, and we had a graduating class of ninety six. Like I think HSPBA, the Performing Visual Arts School in Houston, had a bigger graduating class than we did. But we even say like um, Houston is the biggest small city in Amer- uh, the smallest big city in America. Like I'm constantly seeing people I went to high school with just out on the town. What I mean, which I guess you could say is a normal experience for people, but in a city as big as this, it's kind of weird, you know? And for like the um, rate at which it happens, like I, 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 don't get, I don't go a month or so without seeing someone that I've known from high school or childhood or something, like just out and about. Hmm. See, um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like, you know, Pat says it all the time, like H, this whole city is, uh, it's just like a sandbox almost. And it's like, <laughs> it's huge, but sandbox. it's not. So, I yeah. don't know. But after high school, you, uh, Darnell, you went into aviation. You fly, like you've flown planes. You, you've been up there. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> you fly planes. What uh what is that like like cause I me personally like I can't imagine being that high and then being <laughs> I can't because like you just you know it's yeah. one thing to ride on a plane, but you're like in control and it's probably yeah. you know you went through the training and the everything, but that I don't know to me that sounds like <clears throat> You really, you really do feel like, like a bird or like a different type of organism from a human. Like it feels unnatural, you know, and it and it does, and it is like 
for us, you know, land dwelling tree dwelling primates to have evolved the capacity to create flying objects of any size from like um, your, 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 your sedan all the way up to like, you know, a submarine size vessel that can just fly through the air. No problem. Do this journey hundreds of times a year, if not thousands. Um, but like you, you kind of have to have, um, I don't want to say mental capacity, but like um, intuition. It really is, does come down to intuition and skill for like, you know, with all the factors that come together to make the plane fly and you as, you know, being the pilot in control of the plane, because, you know, you're always in control of everything. Everything, every decision you make is on you, even when you have passengers or another pilot um, in the plane, because you as the pilot in command have to be the one to have responsibility, not just flying the plane, but navigation, um, if that is your job. Or communication with you know various agencies or ground control people that are involved in you know just flight in America. So um, when you're up there, me personally like always feels I don't want to say tight walking like on a tightrope because that that seems like you, almost like you don't have as much control as you actually do. Because I I've never been in a situation where I'm not in control of a plane or I don't have the knowledge to properly operate the uh, the vehicle. But it, it is definitely at least like a threshold, which it goes for like flight and aerodynamics in general. The threshold that you sit in um, as, as the pilot of, of this plane, it's like time, the world, space around you operates differently because you have to be hyper attentive to your, your instruments, to um, the airspace around you, to the, you know, the sounds and sights of the plane and just, you know, nature and the atmosphere around you. Um, like, say there's like a, a storm out on the horizon, like 10 miles out, you have to be able to instantly recognize, know, and understand everything about that storm and, you know, wind direction and like uh, air temperature to know like how to navigate that, you know, unforeseen event that you're going to have up in the sky. So it's a lot of components all come together. And that can be overwhelming. I mean, I never say that, I've ever been afraid of flying or being in the sky. Like the highest I've been, I think is like 500 feet. And even like when you look down, it's not like uh, you get vertigo or anything for me particularly at least, but it's just kind of humbling to be that high up and know that you're the one who's got like full control and everything's up to you. So it's less fear and more just trust, I guess. And not just yourself, but in, you know, the plane that you fly. You, you fucking did that. Like, I remember you saying that, uh, you wanted to do that and you, you really went out and, and fucking did it. Like you, you got into the aviation program and uh, I remember you were sharing like stories, even had some pics during like the whole training thing. And, uh, yeah, like we, you were, you know, you know, you, you like you were, you were in the plane. You were actually took off, and that's still, that's still crazy. Especially <laughs> like, what's the, you know, you're our age. Yeah, it's like when I see that, I'm like, I am crazy. <laughs> that's right, I am crazy. <laughs> oh, I don't mean crazy. I mean like driven and um, committed. Darnell's the kind of guy where if he says he's gonna do something, he's probably gonna do it. 
I have very strong <laughs> sense of direction. Yeah. But e- even, even then when like, you know, life isn't about direction. It's not about planning or everything going according to plan or even according to like training. Cause it's always just going to be, you know, freak stuff um, that comes together in this freak world that we happen to live in. So it, yeah, it always just comes down to just a few things. Just trust in yourself and your own abilities. And like, People can say, like, um, the stereotypical pilot is, like, this big, larger-than-life guy who's got, like, a big ego and, and is, like, super confident. And, like, it's a different type of confidence, I think, where it's just, you know that everything's on you, so you don't have the option, really, to um, not be in control or not be confident in your own actions. You don't, that's not even, like, a question up, like, debate or discussion. But you don't just uh Okay, first of all, you, you can put that quote like you can put that on a shirt, like that's a <laughs> but that really just came off the dome like hey man. <laughs> very very nice, first off. But you, you, not, you you don't just fly, like you you're into like a lot of things and it's like all right, so what? Because uh, I know you, you play bass, right? I mean, off and on, I'm still you know very much beginner, amateur. But you but like, it, like you picked it up and just was like, um, you know, I feel like I'm gonna fucking get into bass, and you fucking like you're doing it. Yeah, I feel like I I can call myself like a, a jack of all trades, but that that would imply exceptional skill in like a bunch of areas. When it's more just like being someone who's interested in everything and wanting to try anything and not being afraid of, um, of like, I guess, failure or just being afraid of new, new experiences. Because there's plenty of people that can say, like, I, I want to be good at art, but they don't try art. Because if you don't have that skill at the offset, well, you think, what more can I do? But it, it, it always comes down to like practice and training and, Sure, inherently skill is like a big part of it, but there's a lot that can even be achieved just with practice and training alone. Oh, yeah. Hard work. Um yeah. at the end of the day, hard work beats like skill. Like even if you have a, a just something in you that, you know, oh, you're a good this or that. Maybe you're a good runner, you know? Maybe mm-hmm. you're just naturally quick. Somebody you just like, you know. Hey, I'm fast, and somebody else could fucking uh, run a mile or two miles every day or every other day, and then just pace themselves, and they're gonna catch up. And they're not just gonna catch up; they're gonna surpass that person that's just like, "Oh, I'm fucking fast," you know, because they don't. You know, yeah. So hard work will always be skill, and a lot of people have fear, fear in their hearts, and uh, that's something that you obviously don't have like <laughs> fucking just like oh i'm just gonna fucking do it yeah i mean it's a lot of it's just about like doing what you love and you'll never have a problem with, like you know with motivation or, like learning about that that thing because it's just comes so naturally so like i you could even say that if there's something you're in love with that you could be naturally skilled at that you could be naturally talented in that because you have that innate motivation to want to be good at that thing no matter what it is, whether it's like work or skill or just a hobby. That's a good way to think about it. 
Mm-hmm. What music did you grow up listening to? Just old school, like R&B. Like I remember like just growing up a lot of like Marvin Gaye and like Heavy D, Love, all that kind of like, you know, 90s types type beat R&B, you know, black folk stuff you'll you'd see like you know all the cds black eyed peas and that and just, you know just the culture that we even grew up in the early 2000s was very much um larger than life i, I want to say materialistic but it was just larger than life in every facet like the beats the clothes the, just the fashion and then even like the, you know if you think about it, the drama like the entertainment culture that was like really just growing so much at that time Reality TV did hit like in the early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, and even MTV, yeah, yeah. like when when did MTV start? Like the the mid 90s or something like that, or was it go back to the 80s? I was oh, like, the 80s. 80s. Like, MTV, yeah, the MTV 80s. MTV came out in the 80s, but it was more of a music video channel. Yeah, like back well, then, like, music based. But then it became just, like photos. entertainment focused, like come the the mid to the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. You know, the real world and other shit, and it became. Uh, yeah, yeah, like you said, it became more reality TV show focused. But even to this day, you know, other channels like we apparently we love uh, watching other people's lives and and the drama. So you know, yeah, people people love yes, talking about like wanting to have like networks music go back to a certain way that it was in the past, but then like there being no general motivation for that network to change because of like whatever influences it's had just on the greater um, music or media landscape. So MTV did what it was good for. It doesn't need to go back to what it was because now at this point, you know, in our culture, society, we have, we have so many other avenues and outlets for, you know, people to have their creative expression or get their music. There's a million ways to get your music nowadays. Yeah. You can put YouTube on the TV just play yeah. that on shuffle. Yeah, like you, you guys remember, like on like there's just there used to be like channels where it would just be like 24 oh, hour yeah. smooth jazz, 24 hour classic yeah, rock. There still is. Yeah, lo-fi chill hip hop beats to study slash relax. <laughs> I, well, I mean, on like on on TV, like on cable or whatever. Oh, no, oh you like Beach One? Yeah, yeah. So this is for, so that was that's what I was gonna say. So when I was growing up, my parents would often just like put on the VH1 channel during like during the day mm-hmm. and like that's how i listen to music and it's because my parents they they regularly tune into like the 80s and 70s and stuff so my music taste was heavily influenced by theirs so it's like a lot of like 80s pop and 80s rock uh, my dad's a big kiss fan my mom's a big duran duran fan mm-hmm. and that's what really it's really got me but that's i think that's that's for most people in some ways it's just what your parents listen to well, I can definitely say, like, us as a group have a very diverse musical taste, and, um, and like, there's, there isn't a single person I can say among us that just listens to one, one genre, one variety, yeah, like yeah. one artist. Yeah. But, but you think about it, there's a lot of people that, and it's kind of, like, sad in a way, maybe even depressing mm-hmm. to think that there's people who won't enjoy a, like, genre or something because of just, like, the musical context or the historical context behind that music or that band or whatever like because I, I feel like i i've always been told i have a music taste and i don't even know where i could say it came from because i did say like where I, musical groups or like genres that i grew up listening to um and that that just kind of 
ballooned or it blossomed into just exploring the whole greater world of music whether it be like indie and like alternative all the way to like classical classical music or like classic rock or just funk r&b uh my name is uh skinny penis oh my god (laughs) what what happened what's jose joined the call oh hey we're in the middle of a podcast this is our first time on discord so um i don't know how this is gonna turn out actually but um all oh, right, I like started this conversation off with the wrong foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about like we're getting in the nitty gritty, and you're like, "Oh yeah, what's Origin up, it's your boy, it's your boy, limp dick." Yeah, that is that's a good interlude though. We uh, to introduce our next guest if he's gonna stay. Oh, you're gonna are you gonna stay? Are you gonna uh, more information okay, about yourself? I could give my two cents off of whatever you guys are talking about. I don't. know. I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but uh, about music, just now. Yeah, we're just just music. Talk, uh, oh. just just give us an intro to your your musical tastes or what got you into certain types of uh, music. And then we can segue right. to the allegations. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Hold on. So, uh, <clears throat> let's see. First, I guess. First, uh, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to decide on what genre to put in here. Like the first song of a genre that I heard of. Suggestions? I need suggestions. I'm, I'm a little, uh, uh, um, I'm a little off right now. So. What did, what did your, let's say, what did your parents listen to? Yeah. Oh, come on, like, they're Mexican, bro. Of course you're going to listen to Mexican music. <laughs> <laughs> well, did that in any way shape your musical tastes, your interests? <laughs> I mean, for a while, yeah, and then, uh, and then we moved over here to the U.S. Well, back to the U.S. I was born here. I was born in the U.S. Lived over there. We moved over there to Mexico for a while. Listened to a whole bunch of Spanish shit. They moved back here, but for a long while, I listened to only fucking uh, Spanish music. So, well, certainly Spanish music isn't just one genre. Wait, is it pause right now? Um, no, it's not. Wait, so where the fuck can I hear this shit? Hold on. Oh, Groovy? Yeah. I think is you, uh... Muted? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I muted it. The rest of us muted it. But I guess we can uh, probably just remove oh, it. Yeah. It's, not, it's not muted for me, but oh, I okay. still can't hear it. Unless it's like, hold on. Oh, it is, it is paused. It is paused. You gotta do uh, dash play. Dash play, okay. But um yeah, it's just like how you grew up with the uh and that's true for everybody. Like we were all, you know, predisposed predisposed to our parents' uh music choices. Cause like, you know, when we come out the womb, we're not like crawling to the playlist like we you know. So mm-hmm. no, yeah, yeah, definitely not. But <laughs> um basically I was always listening to whatever my mom was listening to. And I definitely remember her playing Erica Badu, uh, Andre three. I mean, fucking Outcast. Yeah. Shout out to Andre three thousand. No, but she <laughs> remember, remember the, the cartoon? that was that was like my first introduction. Three thousand. Say, say, I, I was, I was, I was gonna say that I was a little embarrassed, but yeah, class three thousand was my first time. Like, Seminal. like oh, Seminal. Yeah. 
art okay like for that like if you even think about the context of today for like a show like that to have been made it's just very interesting and uh important as well because we we haven't seen a lot of musical projects um from artists of any like kind of pedigree kind of transferred into like you know children's cartoon scape hey shine hey can we take you to the bridge oh yeah Uh, I would be singing those songs with my friends in like fourth, fifth grade, like waiting for the school bus or whatever, or waiting for like the, the pickup at the end of the day. We'd just be singing each song that would come out, you know, each week when we get a new. They would just like perfectly tailored to like teach kids not about just like music, like but like musical theory and like you know melody and stuff. <clears throat> oh, Jose is in here, but I don't know if Otis is gonna pop in here. Actually, it looks like he may have left, but. That's my cousin, man. And he, uh, like I was saying, I was like listening to everything my mom was listening to. And she has a really good taste in music. But it had that old school type of flair to it. Oh, bro, he in his bag right now. (laughs) I was just feeling it. But I I remember listening to like my cousin's music on his like his 3DS, like his old 3DS. He had this SD card just full of random songs and it kind of helped bring me out of the bubble and i just remember looking up these songs and then finding other songs and finding other songs and then Mm -hmm. i was just trying to be as as branched out as possible in it but i did encounter some kids that was just like oh you listen to rock that's the devil's music like stupid shit like that yeah yeah, i mean i mean that 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 goes into a whole different like theater of thought about music people who just won't listen to certain genres because they either don't like it or it's not for them, their color, their culture, or their group. So it's I like always it's, hated that. That like music is for humanity. It's for everyone. Exactly. It doesn't matter who makes it. Like but, the, I mean, we it, were it all can't idiots be and like I think we we're all like idiots in elementary and middle school. I, I hope that yeah. as an adult, people don't really think like that. But I yeah. mean, I'm yeah. sure they exist. It's like because uh, I remember um, my dad. Whenever my dad first introduced me to uh, classic rock, I was like, all right, I vibe to this shit. And then uh, <laughs> later on, a couple of years later, one of my friends introduced me to like hard rock. So, like, this is a band called Slipknot. They play hard rock. And, uh, it's kind of like Streamwish. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, like, my parents fucking uh, heard me listening to that. And I was like, like, what the fuck are they even screaming? Like, what was what they saying? Like, satanic fucking or whatever? Like, no, this is just fucking it's just normal music, but they're just singing it in a different tone than what you're used to. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's not, the, there's not that big of a change. Like, calm down. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's my, my other thing, is people who, are like, get so twisted about just um, one different, like, slightly different type of musical expression than what they're even used to. Like, you'll have rock fans that just go insane in the membrane about, like, prog rock or, like, punk rock. Like, stuff they don't believe to be, like, true to, like, the, the soul of that genre, that, that type of musical expression. It's like, the, the, the instrumentation might be a little different, and, you know, you, the topics uh, that they, like, at hand might be but it's still music all the same, and it's still part of the same family. I'd say that's what you can compare it to, um, like synth stuff or like heavy, heavily um, electronic stuff nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like the lyrics are all kind of jumbled, and the instruments aren't even like really real half the time. Yeah, and people don't really consider that music because of it. 
but even still, there's been a lot of mainstream art that really experimented with like synths back in the eighties, like Prince, um, Shaka Khan and Rufus, like uh, Daz band, like just a lot of groups in the seventies and eighties that really got into that type of electronic composition back before it was as big as it is like controlling the industry now. Like just those roots. That, uh, that, um, I remember Mark trying to put me on the coin. Oh, okay. The, uh, the, that, um, that uh, King of the Hill meme. <laughs> yeah. Hank's like trying to listen to whatever Bobby's listening to. Oh, it's yeah. okay, son. Like, oh, I like this type of modern music, son. I'm, gonna to it. I'm hip. Soldier Boy is some Whoa. shit. No, my my favorite example of like how far music has come is uh, "Computer Love" by Zap. Like, it 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 really speaks to just like a whole host of influences, um, not just in like R and B and, but also in like electronic or EDM composition of like heavy vocalization vocalization vocaloids, like um, auto tuning is the one. Miku. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of them. I mean, that's it. it is, that's technically part of the same family, you know. If you want to get back to like the nitty gritty of it, but yeah, like <laughs> Auto Tune really, you know, starts to stem from like these early experimentations, like, swing oh, and hits. Crazy frog. <laughs> I mean, I guess music is music, even if you don't like it. <laughs> yeah, you can't like dictate what and what does not constitute as music. But we could fucking talk music, like all. Of- night literally like yeah jerry but well let me put pause on this shit because i'm pretty sure you guys are yes. wondering what the fuck she's, she's saying. yeah well I'm, we're, we're muted <laughs> no nah, i can't yeah i can't hear it mr shepherd yes sir this lady used to be so hot but then she started getting older and then she started getting into surgeries and shit and mm. then, uh, she's the like, botox <laughs> Right, so like a, a few years ago, she actually uh, she had like a a boot, some fucking booty surgery. It was like a botched booty surgery, and she almost oh fucking God. died. Jesus, Jesus, that's gonna be o- the worst. Orange, orange, and plastic. that has to be the worst funeral. Like, I mean, I'm glad she didn't die, but that would have been that would have been died, tragic. But that would also have been like embarrassing. The I, like end. died due to booty surgery. The silicone leaked into her bloodstream. Di- died of um. <laughs> what's what's the word like uh the greek word for like greed or whatever um the opposite of, of humility or um you mean like the you mean the legend of the guy that would look at himself in the in the water the reflection some, something like that yeah oh, what was um, his name? hedonism well, I'm, the word i'm looking for is hedonism death by else. hedonism <laughs> yeah all right mr shepherd what did college teach you because what like, did college right- teach yeah, because after uh, after high school, you went to. I know you went to. What was the college that you went to in uh, New England? Northeastern Northeast University in Boston. Not to be confused with Northwestern. <laughs> um, Northeastern is a. I want to say up and coming, university in Boston. It's not. Um, it's not exactly an Ivy League, but it's not nothing either. Because um, it's snug in there with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what did it teach me? College taught me a lot of things. It just depends on what, what aspects of my life you want to know about. But, I mean... Well, Jared, well, you guys are very what... analytical in nature. Um, and yes, I don't I think am. that's something you l- would have learned from college. But I do know that 
that's kind of like one of the skills that's you know to be taught in especially like your um degree of like social sciences and anthropology is you know analyzation of human history and culture that's you know that kind of just really plays into your whole personality who you are as a person so you, mm-hmm. i don't know maybe like expand on on how that's influenced you um more in like your decision making okay well College is an interesting place because you have a bunch of people that just get off high school and this is their first step of being adults. And you put them in this sort of constricted environment um, where they have to meet new people and start doing everything by themselves. And then um, you challenge your ideals and it's just like they start they start getting influenced or like they, uh, they start being uh, – what's the word? Oh. Okay, I'll just let you talk. Let's go. Go, 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 go. <laughs> so, so, fre- so freshman year, I get in and I'm like, all right, what's my main strength? Um, I can make friends with almost anybody pretty quickly. Even and skinheads. Even, okay. Exposes the word that I was looking for. <laughs> so, Here we go. All right. Yeah. So, fre- so freshman year, I um I was a little, a little nervous about making friends in college, so I immediately reached out to everyone around me on my floor of my building, and I was like, I'm gonna be friends with like these people. I and it was actually, it was actually one of the worst things I could have done. Because, <laughs> oh man! I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really branch out from those people. In fact, like even leaving college four years later, I never really made a lot of friends outside of those initial, like, twelve people. Mm-hmm. You did too good, jo- could too good of a job. I just got too comfortable, honestly. I, I, I was too scared not to come to the job I did because I was scared. Um, but I mean, in Boston, a city like that, or at least in a college like Northeastern, uh, you're going to get a lot of like-minded students, right? Because I don't know how the dorming situation works, or, or how at least it was for your school. But I would assume like it, it's a lot of similarly-minded, you know, similarly similar-age students, you know, who can at least relate culturally to a lot of things. I think that like one of the one of the uh, you could call it good parts. One of the what's we're looking for advantages of college is that if if you don't like what you're seeing or like what you're hearing you can just leave <laughs> like i know my, my freshman year my roommate that i was randomly assigned to me and him did not get along so we really never hung out like we just slept in the same room together but other than that we weren't really friends because we, we we didn't really vibe we had different political ideas different behaviors so i didn't really hang out with him but I had that freedom to, even though I was forced to live with this guy every day, I had the freedom to just never really interact with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there, there were, there were times when my beliefs were challenged openly. And like, like it's college. It's what's what's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be challenged. Um, Because really think and reconsider your positions on things. And um, it definitely changed me. I, I regret some things I did in the past or things I've said, things I believe in the past. Um, but college nowadays is also not a very equal place. Not all ideas are rated the same way. Yeah. Um, Boston in particular is a very liberal city. Liberal in air quotes. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Boston colleges are very liberal. I'll say that. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. The, the city of Boston, I have plenty of opinions on the city of Boston itself. Yeah. But the, the, the university system as it is right now is definitely more left-leaning. Than it is right leaning, or that it's definitely more left 
yeah, it's 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 like I, I would say sort of sent, I would say. It's less, yeah, more left accepting. It's it's around the center, but it's a lot more left than it is right around the center. Which means that if you have a right wing idea, it depends on the on the direct environment you're in, whether or not the idea is given equal weight. So if you have a professor that likes discussion, he might allow the right wing idea to to like have its time and people can actually mm. discuss it and he moderates it. But other times you have a right wing idea and the professor's like, no, that's totally wrong. And everyone like bashes on you and you shouldn't mm. fuck up because you know it got like a whole semester. You're, you're ostracized, yeah. I already got your money. <laughs> yeah, like 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 that definitely that definitely does happen. Um so I it's it's supposed to be a place of nurturing new ideas, but it's also the kind of place where if you have an idea that you can't talk about, it kind of just grows defeats, inside. It defeats of you. the purpose too. Like I can definitely see people becoming more right-leaning because of how left-leaning the university was making everything out to be. Uh, that, yeah, I mean, that, I that's like that. a symptom of modern academia in general. Like, I want to say for as long as the American institution of, like, higher education has existed, it's been decently, like, center or center-left. Um, mm. But, like, yeah, obviously, certainly there's been a big change, I want to say, at least in the past, like, 40, 50 years since like the 70s and like you know the big american cultural like revolution around like race and identity and, you know stuff like that but when it comes to like the educational like circle or where does where does the lines like kind of rest when it comes to what's acceptable what has always been acceptable like there is seven genders in fucking uh if you're white you need to apologize for being white because of fucking dude you do not know the extent of that shit i heard yeah i mean it, it, it and again that's like we've all had different experiences with the schools that we go to like jared had boston jared's brother has florida which is a whole different animal <laughs> and and i've got <laughs> texas oh he on hard mode well i, I want to say I, I don't have texas i have an hbcu which is its own different I was a college screw up, but you know, I think everyone has it at, at some some form or another. <laughs> That's what I mean. College is about making mistakes. Yeah, they yeah. Like, like if you're like if you're gonna make a mistake, do it in college. No one's had Honestly no one God. no one on this earth has had the perfect college experience. They're all different. They're all the same. So I mean, so now that you're like, so now that you're a graduate, what now? Like, what is your sights on? right now at this moment now that you have your liberal uh, arts degree <laughs> well i've always said that my luck was a very funny thing and it's like imagine finally graduating and you graduate into this shit <laughs> this has got to be like the worst time to ever There's graduate no better metaphor See, for life I itself. i kid you not that was gonna be like my next question like we There's were no gonna go metaphor. into the, the dark mode <laughs> Like this, like, like okay. So here, like, I'm, I'm gonna go over how fucked I am. All right. So, remember that stimulus check we all got? No, no, yeah. no, not all. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't. Yeah, get we'll and then they're yeah, me very, neither. And then yeah, and they're also <laughs> very specifically trying to prevent there from being another one, or should I say, Senate so, Republicans? <laughs> because because I, I was on financial aid at my university, um, and a part of that is like your parents are your like I'm a I'm a dependent on my parents. Yeah, my, all my taxes were done through them. I didn't have a stable job yeah. throughout college, like most college students. I didn't have a stable job. I wasn't yeah. like supporting myself. 
Yeah. Because of that, I'm not qualified to get a stimulus check because I'm not really an adult when it comes to economics. Yeah. So even though I graduated into the job market, I am technically a working adult in this job market. I don't get money. It's the same thing here. It's the same thing here. So then also because I was a college student, I didn't work previously. So I also can't get unemployment because to get into unemployment for most states, you have to have had a job there previously and then be like laid off or something because of that. So I don't have that either. Then I have, I'm a college student with not much work experience trying to find a job in the worst recession we've had in the history of the United States and the world. Mm-hmm. And people are like, how's the job hunt going? Just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> Try harder. Like it's it, like, in all these sucks. Like I'm applying for jobs right now. And I'm like, what, like what, it, what are we going to do if we can get the job? That's my, my thing. It's like, what's the point kind of you, that you, you, you kind of think that like, what's, what exactly is the point? Yeah. So like 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 right now Houston and Florida because right now I'm in Florida you guys are in Houston we're yeah. both in the red again right we're, we're both like one of the worst places to be in the world right now yeah yeah you got that Amber Alert too right uh, I I didn't I didn't get that no, we all crazy. got that uh, yeah. well no he's talking I, about I saw the, it. the uh, I saw it. yeah <laughs> um but like things aren't getting better they're getting worse so like I'm gonna apply for this job and like and then what. Like you, you can't even hope to get the job because again, then what? So I mean, it, it's an education job, and it could be online, but just there's a lot of gray areas right now. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, like it, like this isn't going to be any better when schools get back in session. Yeah. Because, like, I'm hearing from a lot of parents of both Northeastern and my brother's school, Eckerd, that like they are really so like relieved that soon their kids going to be out of their hands again, and. Everyone's so happy to ship their kids off to college, but one of college's main things is interaction. Like it is, by definition, one of the worst places to send someone during all this. It's not a good environment and to be in physically. Hell no. And they're just like, they're so happy to ship them off. But then the schools tell them like, oh, like during Thanksgiving, you really shouldn't, like we're, gonna, we're not gonna, we're gonna try to dissuade parents from coming. Like you cannot tell me to not see my kid at Thanksgiving. You mm-hmm. can't tell me not to visit. And it's like, it's the most like, not greedy, self-centered way of looking at it. Well, I mean, that's I want. I mean, I don't want to get into like parenting, but that's just is like a, a kind of a facet of being a part of your child's life versus distance from your child. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of you know, there's you can talk about parenting for a hundred years, all the books and you know ideas and methods and and such and such, but there's not going to be any one way behavior for like you know raising. Yeah, uh, like, like, um, like, so what people often say about like parents that be able to visit is like, oh, you can call your kids, like, you have video chats now, you can do all this new technology. But mm-hmm. the long and short of it is that, like, as a college student, I'm guilty of this too. Like, we don't like call our parents every day, we don't call yeah. our parents every weekend, and and like, parents get wise to that pretty quickly. Like, okay, this is this is like the like, my kids are to college, they're kind of adult, they're starting to live their life now, but also a lot of parents don't really like that. Like, they're, you know, it's like the, the birds in the nest, you got to let go, and they don't really want to let go. Yeah. So, like, having your kids come back to you at Thanksgiving or visiting them at Thanksgiving is, like, one of those times where you, like, you're back in control again. Like, oh, like, now you're my kid again. I'm at, at the power. And, like, yeah. letting that go for their own safety is, like, signing away their, like, the last chance to, like, be in control of their kid again. Yeah. It's, like, individuality. 
um, versus yeah. you know control yeah but i got off topic we were talking about what's like graduating into this mess mm-hmm. um but i mean that is a factor it, you know the it, whole it situation is. and yeah. like I, I i honestly feel like i just got like robbed but not <laughs> robbed of an, not robbed of experience i got robbed of opportunity yeah it's like like the way it's been these past like few decades is you get out of college and then using your new degree, you find a job and that helps you get a little bit ahead of people that didn't go to college and you use that momentum to kind of shoot you forward in your careers. Mm-hmm. Well, now I get out of college and there's a big old wall in front of me that's, that says I can't go anywhere. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm, I'm living at home with my mom because I have to because I, I can't I, I, don't ha- I don't have anything to support myself with. Yeah. Um, I'm limited on where I can work. I'm limited on where I can go. Even with my degree, which... I mean, fuck me. My my degree literally involves interacting with people. That's like my whole thing is interacting with people. And like, I could not have chosen the worst time in the world (laughs) to have my strength be interacting with people. Yeah. And it's like I don't, I don't get that that little, the little slingshot. I don't get to like just go into a job and like start going. I'm stuck here. And I know my mom was really worried about me being left behind when all this ends. When but I think that's ends. that's kind of the whole hypocrisy of what is college and university useful for in the 21st century, where so much information is available for free online, or just through whatever methods are you know outside of higher education. Mm-hmm. It's like you there, there's trade school, then there's university. Yeah, I'll say it right now. If you if you want to go to school to make money, go to trade school. Yeah. Because trades are things that aren't like people aren't gonna replace. Like you don't you don't hear about robots taking plumbers jobs. Yep. The trade school usually okay. take about two three years, and you're like guaranteed a stable income for the rest of your life because it's it, like everyone needs that job. They're really well paid. Yeah. But people, so hold on, I need to drink. Talking to kids at the high school about college and what it is. Like, I know the teachers want me to go up there and say, go to college. Cause, like, yeah, as me, a kid, me and Jared, you're, you're, we did that together. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, as a kid, you're sold. Going to college is, like, the way to make it in the world. You got to go to college to do that. But for a lot of kids, like, you don't really have to go to college, nor should you go to college. Like, if, if you have problems paying for it or um, you have a lot of yeah, family issues that you don't like, like, it's not for everybody. It's not. You go into college, you come out with, like, a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt. And you don't know what to do with it, like you can't. You, you just fucked yourself for no good reason, and it's it's definitely an issue. And the colleges are picking up on it. The colleges know that they need the money, and that like investing in people that aren't going to be able to pay it off isn't very profitable. Like the colleges are pushing engineers, computer scientists, tech, law, and med because those are the jobs that get them the most money. Mm-hmm. Harvard, MIT, um, Yale. Cornell, these these schools are known for either engineering, law, medical, computer sciences. And there's a reason why like like they are the Ivy Leagues. It's because they provide the people that can give them back the most money. It's all about the money. Really, the even the Ivy have, Leagues is not it's not just that. Because like you get the um you, you, you get the, the skill of having gone to an Ivy League and you get that on your you know your resume. You get I oh, went definitely. to an Ivy League. And you Definitely. get everything that like, comes with that. Professionals know that Harvard is a, is a joke. A Harvard yeah. degree is a joke. Unless, <laughs> like, maybe it's, like, law. It's a joke. Because yeah. Harvard Harvard does its best to make sure no one fails at Harvard. 
Yeah. They like they make they make classes easier. They change grades, and professionals know, like, oh, you have like a like like a like a Matthew from Harvard. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's not the best place. It's not the best place to go, but it looks good mm-hmm. to people. Like, oh, I I graduate from Harvard. There's a lot of and doors automatically are open to you. Like the the era of college being a place for open discussion, for learning new ideas, like that is not college anymore. College yeah. is a place to learn engineering or computer science. To learn, a, college is just a more expensive trade school that has a bunch of supplementary classes that people don't get out of. Yeah. I I value what I learned at my university, but I also didn't pay jack shit for it. Yeah. If you had to pay for it, do you think your opinion would be wildly different? I think if if I paid for it, I'd be more stressed, but I, w- I wouldn't be like, did I? I wouldn't. I don't know if my opinion would change. You wouldn't. I know have kids, regretted your education or something like that. I wouldn't know. Okay, well, I wouldn't know at this point. As well, and, and like right now, I would have fair judgment because I just got flogged outside the gate. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people that get degrees like mine, and they are just like fucked. Yeah, because for degrees like mine, um, the most profitable thing is to work for the government, to go to um, like get your master's degree or a doctorate degree, and then go teach something like that. That's like all you really can do with this degree to to stay on the path of sociology and cultural anthropology. Yeah, but I never intended to really be a straight up sociologist or cultural anthropologist. I wanted to use these skills I learned in other things. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think if, if I paid more, I'd just be, be a lot more stressed to get a job. But I don't think it really changed my opinion because I saw the same things going into college. I saw how my degree was shafted when it comes to budget and how much care the school got. Meanwhile, the engineers and everyone else got everything they wanted. They got new buildings. They got new tech. Meanwhile, I had half of a floor in one building. <laughs> well, what, what's your personal goal then, you would say, for... Um... Like in a perfect world, what's your personal goal for what to use your degree for? What what you want to contribute to society? I want to change the way people think about things. And I know that's a pretty it's a pretty big statement. Vague. <laughs> yeah, very yeah, very vague. Um, I decided to to study people because I thought people were one of the hardest things to understand. Mm-hmm. And I believe that if people understood each other, there'd be a lot less problems in the world than we have today. I thought misunderstanding misunderstanding was the key. To most problems in the world, I know now that it's not usually misunderstandings, more like misrepresentation. It's it's a lot less accidental, a lot more purposeful. Yeah, a lot of people, not everyone's voice is the same power, same weight. Yeah. Um, but I still believe that through understanding, we can definitely bridge those gaps a lot better than without it. Mm-hmm. Right now, simply put, I wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to use what I learned to make people's lives better in any way I could. If that meant teaching a new generation of students, if that meant becoming like a guidance counselor or um, maybe politician, anything like that, as long as I could help people, that was my goal. That was always my drive. And that still is. That's just the kind of person you've always been. Yeah. But I think with, well, with my skills... Uh, with... Like with everything going on now, not even just with COVID, but you know everything that's the uh, with the culture and everything's just being shaken up now. 
you think this is a really all of this is just happening simultaneously at the craziest time on an election year so, <laughs> or like everything going on how do you think this will impact the election oh no it's incredibly cursed it is super duper so, cursed it, it's i know it's that if, <laughs> if if COVID happened like three or or like three months earlier i think we wouldn't have joe biden as our as our candidate i'll tell you that yeah. i think yeah, I, I think it would have been very clear we would have had a much different candidate. But uh, like, like shit, shit lined up. Shit lined up. We have all this stuff happening at the same time. Like say, it's like election say. year. <laughs> yeah, shit, shit, shit definitely lined up. Um, and it's like a year of historic like firsts or stuff that hasn't been seen in like decades. Like even like even on like a smaller scale, it's like why did we pick this month of this year to have a huge dust cloud come over from Africa, screw with everybody's allergies, and then you <laughs> add that, and, you, and then you add that on top of a pandemic, and then you add that on top of, like, huge social and medical strife. Uh, it's best is the seasoning. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just a lot. It's, like, just, like, on the macro and um, miniature level. It's just a lot going on all at once. It's just a perfect story. natural selection. <laughs> this is the, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's uh, it's definitely fucked up out here. Like, oh no, the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> <laughs> the leopard ate my face. <laughs> it's my constitutional right to die of a preventable disease. Okay. Oh yeah, it's, and then yeah, something that Jerry said that stood out to me that word self-centered just well our society that is all it is our society yeah, that, is not made for free, that yeah that word i think is the single worst problem with america besides like greed is self-centeredness mm. no one out here has empathy and if they do it's for their like the three people in their nuclear family family it's, and even then it's not even that it's not that they don't have empathy. I, I'd say it's more of we're sold that empathy is not the greatest thing you're supposed to have. The greatest thing we're supposed to have is freedom. Or strength. People or strength. Protesting. But I think most people most, most with their freedom. Yeah. But and, freedom isn't free, as they'll, as they'll tell you. Yeah, okay. Freedom, freedom isn't free. But when it comes to what we're dealing with right now, we're seeing the, the negative consequences of this idea of freedom being first and foremost. Because mm-hmm. when we when we try to take an action that is not for your benefit but for everyone else's, it is seen as an encroachment on my freedom. So like people don't like being told what to do, especially yeah. when their entire life they've been told that you're no one's going to be able to tell you what to do. The personal liberties, the individualist aspect. I mean, yeah, in in a way, but that 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 just not isn't just Americans. That's like I want to say Western culture in general versus Eastern culture because Eastern culture you look at it, it's a lot more communal it's a lot more what can you do society what can society do for you here it's what can america do for me but even compared to other western nations the u.s stands out like a sore thumb and how they handle of course like you you had you had little you had like bunches of people in other countries that were like i'm not wearing a mask yada yada but they were the minority yeah here like you can't say it's the minority you can say it's like certain states Mm -hmm. where these ideas of freedom ring more true. Cough, yeah. cough, the South. Cough, cough. I, I heard a good joke today. It was like, if I hear someone with, with like a Southern accent, dumb state. 
it's um, oh, it's like no, yeah, just... oh, I have the right to be able to breathe freely. So in the future, I won't be able to breathe fucking by myself. <laughs> I support. need a haircut. I need this mm-hmm. mask. You're uncomfortable. I shouldn't have to live mm, like this. I don't like, like it. Oh. <laughs> just like all the whining, like for the it's like you 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 pride yourself on your freedom, your power, your strength, your individualism, but then you just constantly like whine about how you have to do things for other people, or about like why why not everything not about you. Oh my doggies going wild. <laughs> Karen's coming up here. It works. It's all fuck, man. Why is conversation not about me? <laughs> but then, so like like you guys seen that video of uh, like after like Tampa, I think like unanimously voted for like masks to be enforced. Like all the people started talking about how like you know oh God's punishment or like 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 we're gonna citizens arrest you guys and how like you're buying into all the bull crap. Oh yeah, like I I was like looking at the Houston sub earlier when they announced like the second stay at home. There is like um. Well, what is like? Why does this? Why should this affect me when my? It's essential that I feed my family, or like, is it like my 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 very existence is like essential? Like, and you and you can't like. It is a bad argument to make. Like, you can't say that it's not. That it's not important that these people, you know, get the money that they need to mm-hmm. feed their family or like, you know, probably, uh, keep them healthy. But it, but at the same time, you have to look at you know the wider picture. I think. I think. Like people here forget a lot, like a lot, a lot of the uh, potential we have. So, mm-hmm. like you hear a lot now, like it's been too long. Like I can't keep not working. I need the money. I have to go out and work. People are like, "Oh yeah, I get it. I understand that." Like that's the only thing that could possibly happen is that you just stay here until you just get broke and die. When yeah. in reality, that doesn't have to be the answer at all. We have it in our power as a country. To make sure everyone has enough money to survive the however many months it is and not die of starvation, and we don't be honky dory. But that doesn't benefit the people with money. Of course, we're led to believe that that's not even an option. Where it's just stay inside until you're until you're broke enough to be dead, and you have to go out and work. I've tried nothing, and I'm already out of options. Like it's crazy. Start a podcast. (laughs) <laughs> like 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 this wouldn't be an issue if we had more like if we got those things like we were given a thousand two hundred dollars to survive four and a half months so far four and a half <laughs> why did y'all think that was for <laughs> like imagine if we got that like every two weeks people wouldn't be complaining as much about get about going outside because they wouldn't have to they have them they have the money they need to survive it needed to be set up as a back. as a you know a stimulus uh not package but like a stimulus um like lifeline I don't, I don't know if that's like the right word like something that helps us survive you know like your survivor's mm-hmm. um wage <laughs> that's your wage as an american putting up with you know all the stuff that we're being forced to put up with because mm-hmm. you know it, it is perfectly in our power to at least help americans survive and not evict people because they don't have enough money to pay for their apartment or whatever because of whatever situations that are outside of their control and aren't other countries kind of like got their shit together as far as the response to? I mean, I don't even know how like economically a lot of other countries are facing because we just don't really get that information unless you really look for. It. But like, it can't be hard to imagine that they're taking 
like you know just a different approach to things where it's like well yeah france probably doesn't need a stimulus check because they already have free health care and like i would say better protection for their workers because you know the french riot or revolt at every every single type of like um anti-union move by the government like they'll be out in the streets day one to secure their rights this is uh this is mad heavy and it's almost (laughs) midnight but fuck i don't know how long you've been on this but um probably been like an hour and a half two hours darnell what's your dish what's your choice dish to cook um omelets any time of the day what yeah that's not what i was like yeah i I really wouldn't go for eggs well what did you think no i just uh, for me i i don't know why i mean i I know why but i for me eggs is breakfast i mean yeah i mean i'm a breakfast any time of the day kind of guy any time like i it can be like 3 a.m i'll like all right bust out two eggs get get some uh some bell peppers maybe some bacon bits potatoes takes takes about like five minutes yep done now i got a full meal i didn't expect that answer either but i wasn't surprised by the answer (laughs) he is the egg man <laughs> so I mean, it's funny also like that you ask that question because a lot of people just don't have the capacity to even cook for themselves. <laughs> oh yeah, like what's I your mean, choice dish? Like, it's like, what do you mean my choice dish? Like to my, I mean, I'm not a cook at all. Like I'm not culinarily inclined by any means. But eggs, you you can do a lot with eggs. So yeah, and, and potatoes. Like those are the two most versatile foods, and I can definitely oh say. That those would be my, my favorites. Like a like a pretty good Mexican like dish, typical Mexican dish, for all mm-hmm. breakfast food. Eggs with chorizo and and uh potatoes. And like if you wanna put some spice to it, just chop up some jalapenos on that shit. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, that shit's so good. Yeah, like it doesn't take that's, much that's to make a really good stuff. dish. It doesn't. Like simple stuff. You don't have to like go crazy with it. You don't need like a dozen ingredients. Yeah. Just like, so like two, two, three things in the good combination, and there you go. You've got a great meal that anyone can enjoy. Like for me, like pasta, my pasta is my go-to meal, and like with pasta, you can do almost anything. You can bake it, you can you can cook it, you can put meat, you can put vegetables, you can put different kinds of sauces, different kinds of spices. You can like it's it's do anything with it. I just love having pasta in my dishes. So my my my. What is it with you people and pasta? Every day what? it's pasta. You people, Darnell? Come on. I yeah, you. Yeah. Get... What do you mean, you people? Italian <laughs> podcast we're having. I'm not fucking Italian. The hell you I don't, mean? I shut up. I know. Uh, I don't. Get, <laughs> I don't get. Well, like, okay, fettuccine. That's probably like I want to say my favorite pasta dish, but like, I don't get like what? This, Alfredo, fettuccine Alfredo. But I don't get like spaghetti noodles. With like a lot of like people was like it's just like all the carbs and like yeah there's so many things you can do with spaghetti and, and pasta noodles and there stuff uh, yeah but like it, it, uh, okay so like for me I I get that it's like the exact same thing I was just talking about where it only takes a few ingredients to make something good but yep. I don't like pasta that's the very specific okay. ingredient that makes like a, like a problem like and I mean and I, I can't say I, I hate pasta but it's like it doesn't makes sense for that to be it, it shouldn't be so versatile i guess is what i want you shouldn't well, be able then, to make that with so, so many things you don't like ravioli okay. or no i mean i, I mean 
I, I mean, well, lasagna is not a pasta, is it? Like ravi, yeah, yeah lasagna is. is a pasta. Like ravioli, lasagna, they're good, but like I don't really consider those things like a dish on their own. I'm confused because, like, you were you were saying that you're so like pasta. I get that. Like, if you're like pasta, my answer is like it's it's a little iffy. But I don't get how you're saying it shouldn't be an answer because versus macaroni and cheese. Well, that's what I'm talking about. You, like, I don't even want to say you can do too much with pasta. I just don't like the the type of like dishes that can be made with it when it comes you don't have to, to like them. Well, no, no, no. Like when it comes to like seasoning, like. It's very basic. Like you get your tomato sauce or, or your like, pasta sauce. Yeah, or like just a few little things that you put in the in in the pan and you stir it around until the, um, the noodles get noodled. Right over here, trying to put. Well, it's, okay. So don't know. I'm, I'm going to describe a dish my mom makes for all time. That's really good, and it's not tomato sauce in it. All right. So we, I make we make bow tie pasta. She cooks um, beef in a pan. We. Season it with um, a type of lemon vinaigrette. Put some um, some like crushed peanuts. I oh, know crushed almonds in there, almond slivers. Put the pasta in. Put some put uh, Italian cheese on top, and we mix it up until it's until it's all gooey, and we eat it. And it's just nice, lemony, cheesy. It has like, it's like everything in it. Okay, no I think tomato. I figured out what my problem is. I think I figured out what my problem is. Which problem? You get the combination of pasta spices and sauce usually you, you get a lot of good combinations with that but my problem i think is that a lot of those combinations aren't good or they're that they're just not versatile enough i didn't mention sauce well no no i mean i'm, I'm saying but like at, that's traditionally how you make pasta is with sauce correct i mean i mean traditionally you make pasta with flour i mean but yeah, but, yeah but, but, basically, sauce, but again basically that's what i'm saying even removing the sauce it's just the different combinations, pasta, spice, and or um, sauce, it, it just kind of comes like up to some meat, up to some weird kind of variety that it's always hit or miss for me. It, it, it's good or it is. At least that's that that's like the the root of what I'm trying to say. But that okay, variety no, can't be hit or miss. Pasta take I've ever heard, man. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely a weird take, but it's your take. So you're you're entitled to an opinion, <laughs> I guess. It's a shit opinion, but whatever. No, you're not. Everyone should believe what I believe. <laughs> that's that's another thing about like opinions. Like people say, like, oh, well, that's my opinion. You can't really argue. It. But like people have wrong opinions. Yeah, opinions can be wrong, misinformed, misleading. Like just because it's yours and you have it does not mean that it should be given the same weight. Or it's my First Amendment right to say something stupid and receive no backlash or disagreement. It's we like, do well, not you, need... you, you can't argue with me because that's my right. It's like, it's also my right to call it a stupid-ass opinion. If you do, you're racist, you're sexist, and you just you, you, you think trans people don't have rights. I think you everyone's are, just it's stupid. Age. It's like you can't really point point out the bad things from one side or the other, or like you're uh, considered a fucking bigot, or like you know. Well, everyone's too centrist. I mean, not centrist. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, everyone's too opinionated. Everyone has opinions on things they really have no business having an opinion on, or just um, having opinions that are just like wildly inconsistent with you know what the the real world. It's like the opinion on like I want to say say for example healthcare. In the real world, we know that humans need healthcare, but then you apply like economics and statistics and stuff that just really has no basis in real world thinking 
um, to th- this, you know, I w- what I would consider a simple thing is that humans need healthcare. You just apply a, gun, a bunch of bullshit to it. Yeah. Th- oh, hey. Uh, you guys hear of this UN Israel? Uh, apparently, it was like some car sex or something going on. Excuse me. I don't do. I don't touch anything with Israel and Palestine, man. <laughs> just that is, like like. What I was just talking about, about like not having an opinion when you know shit, like like even me knowing shit about Israel Palestine, mm. like there, like honestly, I see no benefit in taking a stance. Yeah, so I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it trending, but like, because like the I, other thing is, people think things are so two dimensional or binary. Like if you don't believe this, you must believe this, or to believe this, you have to believe this also. Um, like you know, the slippery slope argument is is really is boneheaded. So, like, if you believe in free Palestine, that means you don't believe Jews should have a home. If you believe that um, Israel commits war crimes, then you just you think it's okay that Palestine commits war crimes. It's like those arguments don't ha- are, are very separate, you know. So you can believe humans are. It's like some people think it's actually physically impossible to believe one thing and also believe another. But that go, goes in with like the cognitive ability that humans have as a species, because when it comes like to modern the modern era, a lot of people don't have critical thinking skills or problem solving skills or skills to differentiate things from one another. So you can't even call that ignorance. It's just like some people just do not just lack that ability, period. I think it was just a big stir because they're held at a way higher standard. But I did say uh, no more heavy shit. More heavy topics, didn't I? (laughs) Totally went back on my own word. That's fine. Jared, who is who is your main? Joshua, Joshua, do you believe Israel is a legitimate state? <laughs> I plead the fifth. Smart answer. That's a good answer. That's a great answer. Who's your uh, smash main? My smash main. I have two smash mains. My two smash mains are Hero and Terry. Oh hero, yeah, the Come hero, on. Terry Bogart. Yes. It um okay. I've I have the I have the um I have fought against one of the best Smash players in the U.S. and I can honestly say without a doubt he kicked my fucking ass. No questions asked. <laughs> um, you know right now I'm blanking on his name. Oh my god, he's from Boston. He plays Zero Suit Samus. What is his name? I'm totally. I'm so. I feel so silly. I'm blanking on his name, but like. The skill Respect gap, your opponents, playing, Jared. <laughs> like no, okay, so like like he he's debatedly like the best Smash player in the U.S. right now, maybe not the maybe the world. Um, and the skill gap between me and him was so large. Like the the goal was to see how much damage I could rack up on him in one stock before he killed me. I didn't get over fifty. <laughs> For oh, Jared, my. it was the day he played against the best Smash player in America. For him, it was a Tuesday. it was just god like it was it was it was amazing because i i've like i've never been just wiped on the floor like i'm a piece of garbage no i've had experience like that um in apex specifically like me and troy we're like the dream team and like you um like we're together like in really a couple shooters we're just great like you know it's that team dynamic that you learn to have with some people and we were playing Apex one day with um, just a friend of his, 
And we, we were doing pretty good. You know, we, we each had a couple kills, racking up some good hits, some good drops and stuff. Then we come across um, the two of or two or three of the top players on PS4 America. And we, we, we saw them. We even saw them first. And we were like, Fuck. Uh, we, all right, we're going to get the drop on these guys. They look in our direction. We're dead. They just look at us and all three of us dead within like a half second. It was ridiculous. Because, like, the time to kill, like, you know, in Battle Royales is a little different than, you know, Twitch shooters, like, traditionally, like, Battlefield or COD. So, for us to be, like, just have that, like, humbling experience was just horrifying. It's like, how did that happen? I can't comprehend what Bro, just he's a, happened. He's about to uh, get a PC, man. He has not gotten a taste of PC Apex. Oh, dude, I mean, yeah. There are a lot of bots on PC, too. You guys can't act like PC is like just, all of them are just amazing, great players. There's like hella not, bots on it's, PC. It's not, but if you're not, if you're not used to playing on PC, going as people are used to playing on PC, like it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a lot more, like, like, I'd say, like, the best console players and the best PC players, there is a little bit of a gap between just a those bit. two. And but I think like, there can it, be a competition. It affects. It affects. Oh, there can be. Like I've seen. I remember when I was like, Overwatch was really big. I watched like one of the best Overwatch players play on control, play on controller, and he like whipped shit in that in a controller too. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I remember playing on controller for Fortnite for the first time after playing on PC. I sucked, but I eventually got back to where I was. Like mm-hmm. it's something you can get you can get over, but I I still think that little bit of extra control you get on the keyboard and mouse like just translate across the board. Jose, have you ever had a humbling experience in gaming? Dude, I play on PC mostly now. No, so I, I definitely have. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting Just like it not. whipped. Getting it whipped. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but it is, it is funny, like, it is funny, like, to see... Play most games, to be honest. Yeah, like, the skill of a lot of players, like, veteran versus noob. Or just good player versus bad player. Like, you can play a game for, like, 10 years and still be trash at it, comparatively. You can play a game for 10 minutes and, you know, just top of the leaderboard, top of the scoreboard, consistently just, you know, getting dubs and stuff. But there's always going to be people who, like, they make that lifestyle. Like, people who, like, wake up, practice. Like, you know, kind of the phase people, the professional gamers, where it's a whole thing to them. You know, that that's kind of their profession. So... You even as even say you're a top tier player. I feel like I'm a pretty good player in most video games. I'm consistently I can score pretty high and get you know match made with higher tier players and higher skill players. But you also see you know, make this their whole freaking day job, and you just can't compete. They yeah. learn the game inside and out. So as as good as you can get, there's always going to be somebody better than you. Shout out to Phase Clan too. <laughs> Still going strong yeah, somehow for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of don't get it. Years, right? I kind of don't get it, but like they've they've outlived like Machinima and like the whole YouTube bubble of like um, montage bubble and everything, and then all and then they've survived into the esports era. It's kind of honestly really impressive. If you think about it. They got. I know for a fact they got guac. Like that's amazing. <laughs> But, like um, all the power to him. Like I mean, that that kind of. I mean, I want to say I wanted. I I didn't want to say I ever wanted to be an esports player, but in a way, that's kind of the dream. You know, you get to play video games all day long, make money off it. We told you you could Twitch stream like you 
you know, you can. I'm not gonna. Do but it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like any make money off it. Really, maybe some like enough to buy lunch. <laughs> That's about it. I think you could do it casually, like semi casually, uh, and you can still make like a following, even if you don't take it super seriously. Mm-hmm. I still think you could do it. Yeah, because I but... mean, there is styles of content creation for people like that. Like you know, the people on YouTube who they'll put out a video maybe like once a month or once every few months, and then it gets like. A, like a million views and then they kind of just go dark again until the the next video so that's not really you know a way to make revenue and even Bro, still just, just become a male twitch stock come on bring out the cat ears my god did you get the cloud for it come on mm-hmm. i mean All you right, definitely guys, do you definitely doing subscriber special so as promised <laughs> I will do the cat cosplay. Dollars for subscriptions to pay for my content. Come on, you'll you'll definitely be doing something that a lot of people haven't seen. You have time to pay me five dollars. I kid, in your pants wallet. Take that credit card. You know what to do. Those those three wacky numbers on the back and the twelve cool numbers on front. I remember. Fuck. I remember those memes. Yeah, it's like Noble Storm Six is alive and he's still in reach. But to get away from the covenant, he needs your parents' credit card, the twelve numbers on the front, the expiration date, oh, and the guy. three numbers on the back. Okay, well, guys, guys. <laughs> Hurry, guys. Noble Six is waiting for you. <laughs> it is it is one o'clock in the morning where I'm at. Uh, <laughs> it's almost twelve fifteen over where we at, but yeah, I don't know. Again, we were like recording on Discord, so if there's been any technical difficulties or anything like that, uh, it's a good apologies. start. But yeah, it's been a good start. Um, I'm off hiatus. I'm back into a pretty good headspace, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to do this as regularly as I can. Thank you to Darnell, Jared, Jose, um, fellas, amigos. Do y'all have any? Uh, type of song that y'all have been feeling lately? Anything y'all want to, uh, you know, play um, at the end of this thing? One for the classics, uh, Miguel Adorn. Just hit that up one time. Oof, all right, hold on. And then for me, it'd be um, Strangers in the Night by Frank Sinatra. All right. Yeah, definitely uh, either... Self Care by Pac Miller or Palace slash Curse uh, by the internet. Okay. I do like uh, Palace slash Curse by the internet. I like Self Care too, though. I might flip a coin on that one, but. <laughs> you know what? RIP to Matt Miller. We know it's Self Care. Bet. Bet. But, uh, all right, y'all. Thanks for joining me on this journey and yeah uh y'all take care let's go intro to podcasting podcasting 101 podcasting, podcasting order order. Order. <laughs> get the like and subscribe I want you to smash that like button and if you're not already subscribed you hit that one Strangers in the night 
Exchanging glances, wandering in the night What were the chances we'd be sharing love Before the night was through Something in your eyes was so inviting Something in your smile was so exciting Something in my heart told me I must have you Strangers in the night Two lonely people, we were strangers in the night Up to the moment when we said our first hello Little did we know Love was just a glance away, a warm embracing dance away And ever since that night, we've been together, lovers at first sight In love forever, it turned out so right, for strangers in the night Just a glance away, a warm embracing dance away. Ever since that night, we've been together, lovers at first sight. In love forever, it turned out so right for strangers in the night.
just connect and upload Watch it spin around We just spin around It's gonna travel through the unknown We play it cool, we know we fucked up You keep on saying you in love So tell me are you really down Are you really down I know it's a, it's a beautiful feeling in oblivion, yeah, yeah.